0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story. Biden has ordered strikes on Syria and Iraq. I feel like this is the beginning of him reigniting the endless wars in the Middle East. They talk about taking the troops out of Afghanistan on 9-11. I will believe it when I see it. And the fact that they're targeting that date is highly suspicious, in my opinion. The way the propaganda outlets are con- consistently characterizing the strike as a strike against Iranian-backed, Drones. Why are these people not allowed to have alliances when they're faced with an alliance? This is uh, they're bombing Syria and Iraq and they're blaming Iran. I don't understand how they justify this. I read the propaganda. I know what they're saying, but it's it seems to me that Biden is just ramping up war there again. It is a classic example of the contrary law of democracy what you want, what you don't want, only your party can bring you. But I actually think that also points out that we are beyond ideology on both sides of the aisle. It used to be that the only salvation or the salvation of the left was this my body, you know, I own my own body. That is by the wayside with these people. Uh, And this idea of anti-war which was really strong on the left and it's just completely gone in my opinion so that's that's what's happening i think it's we've we're gonna see it intensify and we're gonna be back mired in the war and i will say although in the patron 15 i have my criticisms of trump i'm gonna say he really i know he dropped a lot of bombs over there but maybe it's the media's handled it differently i don't know but it feels like things are ramping up
1: i feel like there's a A calendar, like a Google reminder at the White House that just every so often it's like time to bomb Syria today because it just seems to happen so frequently. And you're right. The media handling of it is different. I saw Jen Psaki a little while ago handling questions about it, and she was asked about if they were going to talk to Congress about getting approval for it. And she was kind of like, we're going to re-up our approval and maybe we'll talk to them trying to kind of shift blame to the previous administration. But the media handling is not it's almost kind of like they're brushing it under the rug. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I the main thing about the Trump stuff is it looked like things weren't intense over there, but I've read, actually, Clint, our Trump-supporting friend, told me that Trump jo- dropped more bombs on Syria than Obama, but I, 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 that's never come across my screen. So maybe it is all a question of the propaganda, but uh, the fact that the propaganda machine is revisiting this with Biden, uh, I think that they're preparing us for a re-engagement over there on a, a national, even if it's just our awareness of what's happening, that in itself would be the laying the groundwork for escalation, I think.
1: Yeah, it's disheartening, to say the least. There was an interesting story over the weekend that's not getting a lot of attention. And it happened at the College World Series. And it hit a lot of agenda items, kind of surprisingly. But what the NCAA did is they demonstrated how they're going to treat universities that do not require its students to get vaccinated. And they really kind of did it in the worst kind of way. And really, it's also a demonstration of here's what you need to look out for if you're not vaccinated. Something you need to keep in mind. It's like a threat almost, it seems like. The school that was made an example of was NC State University, and here's what happened. I'll kind of run through it real quick. Their baseball team was on the brink of reaching the College World Series final game for the first time in history. It would have been the first time it ever happened. My brother played college baseball. This is the dream of every college baseball player. Vanderbilt had to beat them twice to overtake them and get to the finals. The first game, shortly before the first game... NC State's players, because the policy for the NCAA is that if you're not vaccinated, you have to do a routine testing. You do the antigen test and then you do, as they put it, the more secure and solid PCR test. Yeah, right. But if you're not vaccinated and you don't show any symptoms or if you are vaccinated and you don't show any symptoms, then you don't have to get tested. So that, that's the that's, that's clear difference there. And so a player, the coach found out that a player shortly before the game tested positive, which, which this was an unvaccinated player, which caused the NCAA to say all of your unvaccinated players must go isolate at a hotel and be tested, which took 14 of their 27 players out of the game.
0: It's just like John Rahm with the Memorial Golf Tournament.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's over half of their team. So they had to play the game shorthanded. You know how many of their players tested positive at this hotel? Zero. Zero players tested positive. None of them played, though. So they lost that game. Then they go to play the next game. However, shortly after that game, the coach is asked, well, are you going to encourage your players to get vaccinated now, coach, after that happened? And he said, it's not my job to indoctrinate my players. A few hours later. Wow. He right. was fired. No, he wasn't fired. But here's what happened a few hours later. Some more players tested positive. Indoctrinate, he said, not inoculate. No, he said indoctrinate with with wow. with political values, with play. he said, wow. I'm here to talk baseball. I'm not here to talk politics. And that was that caused a major wow, sure Calling it politics is is something that they wouldn't like. Well, yeah, right. It, well, when you go to look at it, you find out that NC State's policy as a school is that vaccination is a choice. And while they they will encourage it, they are not going to mandate their students or student athletes to get it. Vanderbilt, on the other hand, a private school is mandating all of its. Everybody that works there, everybody that goes to school there to get vaccinated. So, two clear uh, distinction here between these two teams playing. So, a few hours later, four players that are unvaccinated test positive for NC State. Then four players that are vaccinated test positive. And the vaccinated players only had to get tested because it's the unvaccinated players' fault, so, Why did they f-
0: test the vaccinated players? I
1: don't because know. unvaccinated players tested positive, so that that triggered the testing of the oh, entire okay. team.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so, right. This yeah, is so, definitely part of the agenda. To exactly blame to blame them.
1: People. Yes. So yes. that made the NCAA say, "You got to forfeit. You're out of the tournament." Vanderbilt, you go to the finals, and it caused a big to do, and it ha- and it caused the focus to be on f- the school. Vanderbilt, a private school versus NC State, a public school. Vanderbilt mandating it. NC State making it freedom of choice, and uh, a scholar weighed in because they're going to be litigating this question. And this relates to, I think, the FTO. FD- oh, go ahead.
0: Well, is the idea of the State school, is there a law in North Carolina, like there's a law in Florida that and or UT actually in Texas, it's specific to state schools that they cannot require vaccinations. It's actually so you get back to the point where civil liberties as ensured by the government are the problem. Whereas when like with NGOs and human rights, and I've talked about this before, when you privatize stuff or outsource to NGOs, they actually have do not have to have the same standards of civil rights and that kind of thing as a government has to have. That's the whole reason that Twitter and those guys are the ones who censor speech because you couldn't do it if it had to pass constitutional scrutiny. Is there an element of that there in North Carolina that you know of? Is that school policy a reflection of government policy or you don't think so?
1: I don't know. I haven't come across a government policy that reflects that. But there is another government Republican related thing that I'll tell you about right after this part. The legal question, this was a University of California professor, his name is Dorit Rubenstein, He was talking about the question of, can private schools mandate it? And then that gets into the question of, can public schools end up mandating it? And the question revolves around it being an experimental drug as opposed to approved. And he said that the data behind the trials so far is is so extraordinarily strong, showing high levels of safety and effectiveness. This data is as strong as the data behind fully authorized vaccines weakening the claim that vaccines should not be mandated because they are experimental. So claiming that it's just as strong.
0: And they're also saying that that they're setting they're framing the arguments to be that. And as I pointed out last week, they are lowering the standards for FDA approval. So if you hang your hat on that, as soon as it gets approved, that implies that the question is dismissed. But it's not. Because the FDA isn't necessarily right, and he's absolutely dead wrong about the safety and efficacy, right?
1: And if, the legal... if he's
0: bla- basing it on the trials, because I've read the yeah. trials, and I would argue with him on that.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a good argument uh, against that. But they want—I mean—they're fitting all of this story into this agenda. The players were upset about it. The players are tweeting "FU" to the F the NCAA, and the NCAA has this ongoing feud with the state of North Carolina. A few years ago, the NCAA moved championship events out of the state of North Carolina and threatened to withhold future events over that House Bill 2, which was dealing with the transgender bathroom controversy, which happens to be back in the news today I because of that. the Supreme Court. It all yeah. ties in together. It's unbelievable. I think this this type of thing is leading to a complete separation in, in the sports world. They're using this as a signal because a lot of players on NFL teams and, and NBA base, and baseball teams as well, they they are saying they're not going to get vaccinated. They want to show what will happen to you if you do not bend the knee. Absolutely.
0: And John Ron showed it as well. And he took it like a man. And I think he was modeling the behavior not to complain about that. I noticed that last year, last week.
1: Yeah. One and, other one of wrinkle is the entire stadium was at full capacity, no mask, no vaccination. So technically, all the players that were banned from the game could go sit in the crowd and watch with everybody else.
0: That would have been pretty funny. I'm um, quite, quite triggering. Yeah. North Carolina was in the crosshairs for a couple of reasons, I recall. And I obviously they still are. They, they must be bringing this to a head. Uh, that, so the agenda on that is clear, but there's a very fishy story in the news that you brought on Thursday as it was breaking and it is getting fishier by the day. But the agenda for me is not crystal clear. And that is that building collapse in Florida. So there, I, the two stories that I heard, first of all, there was a building collapse in Florida. If you look at it, it's like all the balconies or whatever on one side of the building collapsed. But, and now there, Biden is involved. The governor is involved. There's a lot of press around it. They're talking about what could have happened. And I actually said to my son, I, I said, look, this kind of stuff happens only when like when it happened in Haiti, it's because the builders paid off the inspectors and then didn't put like rebar into it. So it collapsed because it was not built, not only like not to code as a libertarian, I don't care about codes, but it was really structurally unsound because of the corruption there. And I just don't think that happens here. And and for good reasons, you know, there's liability and that's not how you build a building and yada, yada. And even if it does happen here, it's almost always while a building is under construction. So two things came up over the weekend that validated what I was saying there. One was it said, you know, this is the biggest thing that happened since 1973, this Virginia skyline tower collapse. And I thought, I bet it was under construction. I I wikied it under construction. Then I see today. There's all over the news these headlines that say builders were accused of bribing officials to get the permit to build this building in the 80s. All those guys are dead now, but they were on record for bribing the inspectors. So you think that it means that would go to the structural integrity of the building, which 40 years later, it's a little hard to buy. But maybe, you know, that it's an ocean side and that can really be harmful to a building they they are so called bribe was that they wanted their permit fast tracked and it couldn't be because there were sewage issues. So they offered to pay for the sewage issues to be resolved, like physically fixed, so that they could get their permit. That was it. It doesn't, it's a red herring. It doesn't go at all to the actual issue. Another red herring that you're gonna see on this story is that there was sinking land. It was built on sinking land, but the sink the, the land was sinking less quickly than many other buildings and it was sinking evenly which is not a cause for collapse so there was that then it goes on to talk about uh, there are various elements to this story that don't make sense so I was looking in Wikipedia to see what the official stories were it says that they think a structural com- uh, column or concrete slab beneath the pool likely gave way it, it created a collapse that there was a resident uh, who, who texted or called her husband and told her that a crater had appeared, appeared in the cool pool deck. I later saw a headline that said that she said her name is Cassie Stratton. She's 40. She's still missing. She said the pool is gone. That was a quote. The picture that I quoted, there was a picture and that headline. I just took a screenshot of it and tweeted it. And I put that in the show notes, which will be on the properport.com shows the pool full of water still. It's definitely the pool was not gone. And I was listening. I don't usually go to Jim Fetzer. I think he's got a mixed reputation, but he was interviewing a guy named Joe Olson who seemed to know what he's talking about. And he made that point about the pool. And he also said that the column in question is still standing. You can see it in the pictures. So I think there's, that is a fishy story. They talk about uh, that two, uh, one of the witnesses described two booms Sure. When something collapses, it can make a boom, but it can also, that could also be an explosion. The Wall Street Journal reported that fire broke out in the rubble. And that's why a burning smell hung in the air. I would say the booms, the burning smell. They're likening it to 9 11 and OKC. Those were, you know, definitely fishy stories themselves. So, uh, I, I feel like there is a lot of weirdness here. They also say that there were in 2018, there's an inspection report talking about what could lead to structural issues later. And what they talked about in that report was a lot of repairs that needed to be done. And according to what Jim and Joe were saying, that this lift slab kind of building only lasts about 40 years. So there is no way or look to me just reading that stuff. It wasn't going to be worth fixing all this stuff. They were selling these units. They were supposedly way overpriced at 700 grand neighboring units and new buildings were $10 million. So I think the what to watch out for here is who who builds on that spot. They're probably going to tear all this stuff down that uh, it, uh, Jim was saying that there would be like a building boom there, basically, because a lot of those buildings would have to come down. And then the, the last thing that I thought was, uh, so they will build back better. But the last thing I have to relate to you on this is my BS dar went into overdrive with some of these witness accounts. And this is the only one that I will read to you. It says, uh, sur- former Surfside Mayor Paul Novak was awakened was awoken moments after the collapse by an emergency alert on his phone. So the former mayor woke up because of an emergency alert on his phone, which I turned that stuff off, but he dressed and drove the few blocks to the site arriving before 2 a.m. This thing went down at 1.30. He got there and he said he started to see things on the ground. And when he picked a couple of them up, they actually belonged to a friend of mine. He found notes from doctor's appointments and a few business cards belonging to longtime friends, Miriam and Arnie Notkin. A building resident later said he thought he saw Mr. Notkin after the collapse, but ends up that was a mistake. So we don't know where the Notkins are. Isn't that that That's a little strange,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) funny little story there.
1: It sounds like it's out of a movie
0: anecdotes like I I was walking my dog and the building collapsed and I heard a voice like that's another one uh, while she turned. Yeah. yeah. So he's walking his dog before the building collapses and the building collapses and he's still standing there. Hmm. That's weird. And he hears a little voice. Help. I'm in here. The kid and his hand pops up and the guy calls over some cops who were nearby. I mean, the stories do not hang. but but I wanted to throw... To identify those red herrings for people who are hearing them and thinking yeah. that they all make sense. None of them make sense from, in my opinion.
1: It is very strange. There is also the story of the grandparents who continue to call the same, their phone landline continues to call the same number of one of their grandchildren over and over again. And all they hear is static.
0: Oh, I didn't over, hear that. What yeah. what was the source of that? Was that, was that corporate media or was that like that a yeah, side anecdote?
1: Yeah, it was corporate media. And uh, obviously, uh, they're going to have the climate change because they're going to say that's sinking land. Even though that's not uncommon, they're going to uh, connect that to climate change. Story over the weekend yesterday about uh, the FBI. We've been talking about these agents, been going door to door, finding the Capitol insurrection people. Well, they raided the apartment of a 69-year-old man named Joseph Belonis. He takes care of his 95-year-old mother and by all accounts seems to be like a a pillar of the community. Obviously, I, I don't know him personally, but he did attend the Trump rally on January sixth. But he never entered the Capitol. He never did anything. He took a bunch of pictures, and based on what he described, it sounded a lot like the interview that we did with a friend of ours w- with pictures we saw of people chilling. He said it was like Woodstock for older people. It was just people totally. Hanging out like a it festival. was like a festival. Yeah, he described what we saw in the photos that we saw, and. The FBI contacted him. He called them back. He met with them. He showed them photos, offered to allow them to have one of his cameras and stuff. He's even a registered Democrat. And that apparently wasn't enough for the FBI because even after he cooperated with them, they got a warrant. And the next morning at 6 a.m., which they tend to always do it really, really early, they busted down his door had guns pointed at him, 10 or so FBI agents. They took him in, confiscated all of his stuff. The warrants were related to obstruction of Congress, civil disorders, conspiracy to assault and impede federal agents, interstate travel to participate in a riot, and unlawful entry on restricted buildings or grounds. He didn't enter the building. He's not been charged with any of this stuff. He's been charged with nothing. And while in custody, he had a stroke. He had oh, a stroke God. while in custody. He's I still alive. If he vaccinated, <laughs> perhaps, but just <laughs> but, the but stress seriously, of that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I am serious about that. But uh, so this was all based on an anonymous tip. Yep, it an anonymous tip. A tip from one of his neighbors.
1: Who anonymous though. Yeah,
0: yeah. So someone could have said, "I'm a neighbor" and not have been a neighbor.
1: That's very true. It, it could, could have, have been anybody. They, they really, I
0: could have made it up. That chick on your CFR, Rockfin video, could have just called it in. Right.
1: Well, this is what the FBI told him anyway. They told him that he was raided because of a tip to the January 6th hotline from a neighbor who said he had overheard him boasting about being at the Capitol. That, that's what the FBI told him. And he said it's ru- ruined his reputation around that building and... NBC, a camera crew was there because they were tipped off beforehand by someone anonymously and they filmed him and they put it on the news locally and they shamed him, which has hurt his reputation. Remember the Roger Stone thing? How CNN was there early. Same thing with NBC here.
0: They doxed this poor guy. I mean, it, it's really, that's outrageous. And, and he, yeah, I wonder if they could get any recourse because the MAGA hat kids got recourse because they were not public figures.
1: They really should because he had a stroke and that's terrible what they did to him.
0: No, it's awful. And I would hope that there is some recourse, but they're really upending all of our fundamental legal principles. I mean, that's why you have to care about Bill Cosby and Lori Loughlin and even Harvey Weinstein, who's I'm sure cooperating with the whole thing. You got to you got to draw the line on on this stuff. So I did want to. Before we get to the last big story of the Free 30, I wanted to talk about. An update we did with Garland over the weekend where there was a lot of conflicting news about his case where he is still fighting to inspect the ballots have been been granted the right to inspect the absentee ballots in Georgia. And a weird case came up where <clears throat> several different lawyers were saying, well, you served. The board and it's not the board who should have been served. It was the county and you didn't serve the county and they were the ones you're supposed to sue. Everybody was pointing fingers at each other. It got resolved and it got resolved to where they had always they had named people who could continue to be in the lawsuit. They don't really care who. They're suing Garland doesn't care who they're they they're naming the case against. He just wants the right, based on their violation of his civil rights, to inspect the ballots that he has sworn testimony appeared fraudulent. And and although a lot of the media outlets are saying that it was a mixed bag or a victory for the other side, Garland is still proceeding apace. And I think it's relevant to point out that the Department of Justice is suing Georgia over their new voter law. And what they said, what Merrick Garland, the AG, uh, attorney general, says is that, quote, many of the law's provisions make it harder for people to vote, which I think is kind of funny because it's meant to make it harder for ineligible people to vote. So some people, it it should be. But uh, the, the things he really cares about is it prohibits election officials from distributing unsolicited absentee ballots. So you can't push it on people and you shouldn't. People should want to, should assert their right to do that. It can cause problems. If you just throw them out there, there's a lot of ballots going around. People can steal them out of your mailbox if they know they're coming and you don't. And the other thing is that limiting the number of drop boxes for the ballots. Now, this is something that Garland feels strongly about. He says there are equal protection issues. You can't they were having private companies. Mark Zuckerberg was financing it, putting drop boxes in the neighborhoods they wanted them in. So what the new law does is it reduces the size of the precinct. So it's just 2000 people per precinct. That's a tiny precinct. And the drop boxes have to be associated with the voting place. Like there can't be a random number of drop boxes more in some neighborhoods and not in others. Uh, it, it, and, and it goes on to say in this article that I read in the journal 29% of black voters, uh, were absentee voters and 24% of white voters were absentee bo- voters. That's pr- actually kind of comparable. So, but they're still claiming that that makes it, uh, that that makes it um in, unequal. But if Mark Zuckerberg put those drop boxes in black neighborhoods, then you would expect that that action alone would change this demographic, that it's perhaps a higher percentage of black voters even voted than normal, like we don't really know. And then Kristen Clark, an assistant AG, said changes were made. This law was passed, basically changes were made after successful absentee voting in 2020. And that's complete crap because it's only the absentee votes that Garland has the suit against because there is such uh, such a large number of potentially fraudulent ballots there that it could literally change the election. And that's just in one county. So I know that's a lot, but I felt it was important to keep people updated. And I think you posted that into our feed, right?
1: I did. It's posted so you can hear that full interview right now at the Propaganda Report podcast feed. Before we get to our last big story of the Free 30, which is going to be about some vaccine statistics, there's a lot of unvaccinated people that are feeling isolated and pressured. Well, I I have some stats that kind of puts everything into perspective that might make people feel a little bit better. I also want to tell you about what's going to be in the patron 15, which is going to be that I want to talk about the Biden administration's investigation into an invisible weapon that could be targeting U.S. officials and... The first in a patron 15 series, seven ways our world has changed because of COVID. According to a popular propaganda outlet, Monica will give you her take on some of those. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, the Mises Caucus of Georgia.
0: I want to talk about that. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. I want to also thank the guys at the Mises Caucus of Georgia. I met one of them at our recent meetup at Neighbors, really enjoyed meeting him. And he and the boys got together and chipped in to, to sponsor one of our shows and raise awareness to what the Mises Caucus generally, but also in Georgia specifically, are doing. I think they may they may be having a get together in the future. I think the convention might be in January so that's a long time from now but there are a lot of things that you can do maybe in your area this is a nationwide thing it's uh, you can go to takehumanaction.com which is the kind of landing page for the Mises caucus and uh, at the same time that that these guys asked me to sponsor this, because I'm not I am not involved in the Mises caucus but I've been thinking about it because I realize that even though I would love to usher in a voluntary society, we are not when if if our protections that are inherent in the Constitution, for example, or our legal processes are abandoned, we are not we are not going to usher in a voluntary society. This is an opportunity for the globalists, the conspiranoid overlords or the conspir- conspiring overlords <clears throat> to take more Ground, like if you think of it as a war, like I feel like the Bill of Rights is the line. We've got to hold that line. We want to take ground from there, but we don't definitely don't want to give up ground. And I feel like the Mises Caucus recognizes that and they are doing some uh, concrete things to deal with that. And if you go to humanaction.com, right on the landing page, it says three things that they're focusing on this year. The first one is issue coalitions. So they shut down, they're going to address shutdowns, gun rights, drug decriminalization, criminal justice reform, very important to pay attention to that. Occupational licensing, totally agree, that's how you control the economy. I don't like it either. These are all issues. They are mobilizing and organizing teams at local and county levels through lobbying legislators, knocking on doors, introducing nullification legislation. I'm all for that. The second thing is local level candidates. Two of their endorsed and supported candidates were able to win over their city council races in 2020. That's something that they want to uh, get their fundraising up so they can spend $30,000 on local uh, dollars on local level libertarian candidates across the country, get them over the hump so they can have victory. They also organize events. So there's an uh, event in Virginia in October this year. So there are going to be other events that these guys promote. There was one in Georgia in June. Um, that events, this event coming up in October is going to have Tom Woods, Michael Bolden, who's of the Tenth Amendment Center, Scott Horton, of course, from Anti-War, Michael Rechtenwald, and Maj Touré, who I'm going to meet from Black Guns Matter. I'm going to meet him at, the, at Freedom Fest. So I know that went a little bit long, but I feel like this is something that our listeners are really going to want to, to check out because I do believe, like we try to give people an awareness of what's going on, that these guys have real plans, real coordination, real um, things that we can do. And so, check it out, decide for yourself. But it is definitely worth really looking at. It looks like good stuff. Takehumanaction. dot I believe it is. dot com. Takehumanaction.com. Thank you very much for the floor.
1: Very cool. Thank you, Monica. And if y'all haven't yet. Please check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash propaganda report. If you join up at the basic level, the truth sponge level, you will get access to all of our patron exclusive content, which includes the patron 15 where we pick up where we left off from here, left off from the DMB. while we let our hair down a little while also maintaining some intrigue with some of the stories that we bring. And you'll also get... 45 minutes of commercial-free content every single day. So You'll get the DMB commercial-free, you won't have to hear these ads, as well as the extra content, and you'll get access to our early releases at that True Sponge level, as well as select patron-only interviews, and you can participate in our very uh, favorite feature is our patron-only mini Q&A, and you'll have direct access to Monica and I, as well as our highly engaged Patreon community. So, check it out there. You get all that content for just seven bucks a month and try it out for a month. If you like it, great, stick with it. If you don't, then you can change it up, see if there's another tier you like, or you can just come back to the free content. Patreon.com slash propaganda report. Like I said, we got a highly engaged, very intelligent community. So, join us there. Now, on to the final story of the free 30. I've heard some people talk about they're worried about losing their jobs, they're worried about education, whether they can go to school or not, just the whole you need to get vaccinated push. The media tries to make it seem as though everybody on the planet is vaccinated except you, you one unvaccinated person. And the fact that they are really amping up this propaganda campaign right now is evidence that not as many people are vaccinated as they would have you believe. So I looked at the statistics and I was a little bit surprised by some of them. And I think that just recognizing what these stats are can kind of be like a little bit of a warm blanket that, that you're not actually alone. So of the people in the United States, everybody in the U.S., only 46 percent of people are fully vaccinated, according to the CDC. So less than half of the U.S. are fully vaccinated. One dose, only 54 percent. So just over half have one dose. Now, we don't know who's going to get the second dose of the one dose. I know that there are people who after one dose, they changed their mind and did not get the second. I dose.
0: know three different people because they get hurt. There Or well, they know someone who is hurt.
1: Yeah. California, which is a state that a lot of people believe, well, everybody here is vaccinated. I better not tell anybody about my vaccination status, which you brought up last week. People getting these surveys, and I talked to some people who's got, who've gotten these surveys at their job about whether the, whether or not they're vaccinated. They're afraid to answer honestly. And if nobody answers honestly, it could create these uh, spiral silence where maybe there are a lot of people who are not vaccinated, but nobody's speaking up. Well, 49% of people in California are fully vaccinated. Less than half Less than half of Californians fully vaccinated. 61% have one dose. Still, not an overwhelming majority like they would make you believe. Worldwide, only 22% of people have received one dose of the vaccine worldwide. Only 22%. Only 10.5% of people worldwide are fully vaccinated. So if you are unvaccinated, despite what the media tells you, you are not alone. Don't let them think that you're alone. That's great to know.
0: I was wondering about that because it seems to me out here, I don't know if it's like a regional thing, a class thing or what. But I mean, probably. I mean, I'm going to say 80 percent of the people I know for sure are vaccinated. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Well, it's good. It it helps me to look at those numbers and know that there's some people, because not everybody is going to be willing to speak up against the propaganda, which is going to cause a lot of people who are in the same boat as you to remain silent out of fear. So fear not, because there are others like you.
0: I do worry about that a lot. And uh, it does matter. And that's why like I... I don't mind wearing the mask at places where it says, wear your mask if you're not vaccinated, because I want to give people that signal. But I'll tell you, it's just I think the people who are still wearing masks are like those super paranoid people who are vaccinated and still wear the mask. So I just look, I I mean, out here, I'm offering no solidarity whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I just don't know. How about what do you think? Like, do you think that, that do you, are you how is it shaking out in Georgia? Like, are there only wear a mask if you're vaccinated places? I mean, what do you see? Do you think people are vaccinated around you? I'm seeing more people
1: wear masks again, like uh, like in Target and stuff like that. People are starting to wear it again, I think, because this vaccine push I actually saw a story today where they're saying, well, you need to wear it even if you're vaccinated. Probably because of a social signal. But what I found is that I've been kind of pleasantly surprised by people's positions once I've talked to them personally, not on social media, away from all the BS news. I found that they might have masks on their social media profiles. They might even be virtue signaling there. But when it comes to masking up at home, when they have people over, they're not doing it. A lot of people I know aren't vaccinated that I suspected might have gotten vaccinated. They have questions about it. There A lot more people, I think, on both sides of the aisle have questions about this thing than the media would have you believe. It's not as just they want it to be clearly partisan left and right, but I don't think it is. I think people have legitimate questions.
0: Yeah. And I do think that this is the time where I expected it to be over the summer. I just had a feeling that that they would, they had that really, really, really intense push. They were talking about Novavax coming out in June, then they pushed it to September. So I knew this summer was going to be an important time for them. I think they have probably realized that just about everybody they're going to get to take that gene therapy thing uh, without scrutiny. Has taken it And now As I mentioned last week They're starting to say Oh if you've already had COVID You can consider yourself Fully inoculated That's going to give A big boost To their numbers It's going to look like Oh you said it's 45% If they're going to count People who had COVID That's going to Probably make it 55% And then it's going to look like You had this surge Because you know How they have been Absolutely bastardizing The numbers Not having any integrity As to math or science They will spin it like that And then I think that's when they introduce the, the Novavax one because they've just given up on everybody. It's also going to be available for boosters. I don't know what is wrong with that vaccine, but probably something. And But I feel like they're, they're having to open the doors a little, little wider because they've already, this is going to mix a metaphor, but pick the low-hanging fruit.
1: Yeah, I think when they have to resort to methods such as robbing, a bunch of college kids of their chance to win a national championship in baseball because of their school's vaccine policy. I think that that means that it's their program isn't as effective as they would like you to believe that it is.
0: Oh, that's a great point. Like this is this is intensifying propaganda and it's coercion, bullying, all the things they tell us not to do. They are clearly engaged in it. And I would say, if as far as the propaganda goes, we've seen absolutely positively left and right. There is uh, they are all on the same page with the lockdowns, with the vaccines, with all of that. And I would say even with Build Back Better. So what I want to bring you in the patron 15 is out of a propaganda outlet that is considered to be right leaning, but you would not believe I'm going to do a series like they had seven things listed. I want to kind of hit one every day. You would not believe what the this is on the right. What they have been coming out with. They might as well have titled the this this first one, Build Back Better.
1: All right. Well, we'll look and forward to that bigger. in the Patreon 15. Yeah, and bigger, better, and bigger. All right. You guys can find your Draft Time News Blast, news blast every weekday afternoon at propreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com propaganda report and you can find that content there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.